Hey everyone, it's Ryan. What you're about to hear is us at Pixels Weekly trying out something a little bit different, a new format for the show. We're looking to improve going into year two. So over the next few weeks, you're going to hear us try new segments, new parts of the show, even new pacing, and that sort of thing. Please, if you're at all passionate about listening to this show every week, head over to pixelsweekly.com and drop us a message over on the right page. That's right, where you can chat with Pixels and send us an email, and we will literally read every single letter, not necessarily on the air. I'm just saying we read everything you send us, and we want to make the show better for you. In this episode, we are trying an all-news show, and we almost lost... All of the audio at our first time of this new adventure. So what you're going to hear is a little shambly at first, but it picks up. And uh, I hope you'll bear with us. Don't mind our cosplays. Thank you for listening. And now, the show. It's March 14th, 2017. I'm Ryan. I'm Sandy. And I'm Yannick. And this is Pixels Weekly. Yeah. What's up, everybody? Exciting. You know what it is. You know what time it is. What time it is, guys? <laughs> it's Pixels Weekly time, baby. It's time. And what Episode time is it? Though? 52. Yeah, what time? Yeah. yeah. What t- There's like a little bit of a celebration here. What does that mean? Tell me what the celebration is. Well, I mean, so let's do the math here. How many okay. uh, weeks in a year? 52. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Peter our, says so. 52. What's in our, what, what are the two words in our show, no, show name? Okay, Pixels Weekly. Right. So technically, okay. it's a show that comes out every week. Mm. Technically, mm. So, it isn't, so, though. <laughs> Technically, is it though? It's not, but we haven't really. But it is. We kind of forgot. um, For our fiftieth episode, it was supposed to be the official calendar uh, time, uh, one year anniversary, and we kind of like let it slip. And um, and 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 it makes me really proud. So I want to thank our listeners, and I want to congratulate you guys um, for this milestone. I guess now we can say the fifty-second episode is our official. podcast year uh i guess yeah what is it so it's march 14th now we started at the beginning of march last year or the end of february last year end of february i think was the first pilot it's exciting i can't you know time flies you guys time flies can't i can't even uh realize that i've been hearing your stupid voices every week for a year yeah it's been incredible it's been not impressed Sandy's not impressed. Well, you said it's stupid, and I've been waiting to do this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh! Look, I mean, truth be told, truth be told, we had two episodes during E3 or three episodes during E3. So, is it really the fifty-second episode? It's very hard to gauge these things. It's so hard. But we took a break at the New Year's even, and we took a break, right? So it's like, what is the real celebration for me? I'll be excited at one hundred. Then I'll be excited. And I'll be excited once we reach uh, 10 million listeners. Oh, yeah? No, because we're close, so it's, uh, it's just a matter of months. You know? <laughs> it's just a couple weeks away. And 10, 9, 8, 7, 10 million, we did it. And so we have a couple of changes, don't we? 
We do. We have a couple changes. We're we're working on, uh, you know, I think people will hear it in our show over the next few weeks. We're trying to make a better show, a more exciting show. Um, but I'll tell you what's got me excited this week. Guys, I saw Logan. Is it everything that everyone says it is? <laughs> is it everything you wanted it to be, Ryan? Does Answer. it deserve the 96%? You know, the jerk that, like, downvotes these movies, someone's going to punch you. There's a special place in hell for you. Look at I don't believe any Marvel movie deserves a 100%. Let's just give it, let's just start there, okay? <laughs> and we'll work backwards from that point. But, guys, I got to tell you, this is the best X-Men movie they've ever made. This is the best Hugh Jackman role as Wolverine. And this could be as good as the Nolan Batman films or potentially better than at least one of them. Wow. Wow. Ooh. I think it's better than who whatever your least favorite Nolan Batman is. What do you think of that? That way you can uh, kind of slot it into your life. You can see, you, you were like, oh, I don't really like Dark Knight Rises. Boom, Logan. Oh, I don't really like <laughs> Batman Begins. Boom, Logan. Slink, get those claws out, baby. Get them out. Last week I failed. Um, I, 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 I didn't fail at this dilemma. I guess I watched another great movie, and, and now you make me realize that I need to go back to the movies like never before. I'm not really a guy that goes to the movie every weekend, but... You can wait for it. We've been spoiled in terms of video games those days, and we've been spoiled in terms of movies. I watched Get Out last weekend, um, and Get Out is also one of the movies that got 95% plus on Rotten Tomato. Um, have you heard about Get Out? No. It's not about our, our Yeah, our news is not about, about it, but you should check it out. Everybody out there, check it out. Go watch it. It's amazing. A thriller or slash horror movie um, written by the guy from Key and Peele. Anyway, Logan... Uh, the, in the last five years, the only movie that I saw in, in, in the theater uh, from Marvel was Deadpool, the first one. And that was pretty I good. Kinda, I, it was awesome, but I have kind of skipped on the whole the whole Marvel series and everything yeah. that came out. And I kind of kept them as my uh, plane movies, you know? <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's, I don't think you have to see it. any other X-Men movies. It's definitely made by, better by those. But, like, if you generally know who Wolverine is, you'll be, like, in, you know? No, but I'll go watch it. Do you see it, uh, Sandy? I haven't seen it. Uh, too many things to do. Too many. I know. Things. I know. Too much Zelda. Too much Horizon. <laughs> no, bring so, Curtis. Get get him out. Get him out of there, and then get what? him to watch it with you. Get him, uh, yeah. get him to the to the movies with you. That's like pulling teeth. <laughs> no, it's like, that's like pulling cafe, teeth. You tell, him, you tell you tell him we're going to the cat cafe and. Theater, Logan, fun times. Yeah. Oh God! Because like I'd want to go to the cat cafe. I wouldn't want to go to. It's like we have a thing. We have this. this is, you're, you're, you, you're both spending an upsetting amount of time at the cat cafe. Our, it, you know, it's once a month, and we're one. Click it's away. a standing meeting once a month at a cat cafe. We're one click away from getting a free cat nap. Okay. What does that mean? That that means we get free time with the cats. Does it mean you like take a nap and they crawl on you? No, I mean they could, but like you don't have to. Uh, this is horribly upsetting for me. You guys want to do the news? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no, cat cafes are disappointing, uh, Ryan. Don't don't yeah, don't think too I much believe of it. it. Yeah. You know, it's 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 and, a room with cats. I mean, like, what do yeah. you expect? I mean, I expect them to really be excited about me, and then they're never—they're <laughs> just cats. But they're just kind of like because they're probably cats. all on catnip, right? They're probably all drugged up all day. Well, yeah, they're sleeping, which I'm fine with. I would do the same, honestly. I would be a cat in a cat cafe. I'd be like, you know, don't really touch me. I don't want everybody to touch me. If right I was now. a cat in the oh. cat cafe, I would have three words in my head: "Let me outside." <laughs> <laughs> There's an outside room at the cat cafe we go to. The, 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 the <laughs> an outside room. <laughs> yeah, it is outdoors. To, to simulate the outside. All right, all right, all right. Despite what you've heard so far, we are Pixels <laughs> Weekly. We're a weekly video game podcast that comes out every week to make you smile. And we're going to get straight into the news. What is news this week, guys? What is on your plate? What have you read? What have you seen? The one thing that I was looking at is Tekken 7 is coming out soon, and everyone's super excited for it. It's one of the, uh, I guess, AAA titles for fighting games. However, unlike Street Fighter V and Killer Instinct, Mm -hmm. Tekken 7 will not have cross-platform play. And this is because it's coming out on all the platforms. Oh, but mm-hmm. because of that, they can't do it. There's too many issues uh, between Sony and Microsoft wanting to let people play with each other. So it's like, hmm, we're not going to, we can't do it, guys. Sorry. Multi platform is Howard. <laughs> the one thing is, Street Fighter V and Killer Instinct do have that, but they're console exclusive. Wait, right, they've so got class, cross-platform with uh, PC, correct? Correct. Oh, okay, okay, because okay. I was about to say, I was like, because the last thing that I heard, the last time I heard um, console exclusive was uh, when we talked about Horizon Zero Dawn, which is a PS4 exclusive. So I thought when you said um, uh, Street Fighter V and Killing Instinct are, are console exclusive but have cross-platform, I was like, how is it cross-platform if it's only on one console? <laughs> You know? Right. Yeah. And then I forgot about PC. Okay, got it. I follow now. Okay. The issue with this is that the player pools in each console, it's relatively small. So in terms of getting the competition up there and kind of uh, making sure everyone's improving at the same rate, it's going to be a little bit more difficult because one system will have more players than the other one. Mm-hmm. So right now, if right. you go to Evo... Uh, for Street Fighter Five, all the Street Fighter Five matches are played on the PlayStation Four. Mm-hmm. They're not played on PC because PC takes forever to set up. So it's all PlayStation Four. So most people are going to play on the PS Four. Same thing with Killer Instinct. Killer Instinct more people play on the Xbox One, and it kind of feels like if you want to play with your friends, you have to buy multiple copies of the game. So it's at the same time, that's you're how they get you. your fan base. That's how they get you. Here's 120 bucks instead of 60. Uh, yeah, it's funny. I've seen a to talk about how that's how they get you. I saw a streamer yesterday tweeting, and he's huge on Ghost Recon. He wants to get deep into it and and bought all the versions of the game PC, PS4, Xbox to play with all his friends and, and viewers and stuff. And his account um, will sink across none of them. <laughs> that. 
that's the other thing. Like, that's something that Arya deals with on a regular basis because he'll buy something on the PS4, but in order to have it on the PC, he's got to double, double dip. Well, I can't sit here and complain about that because I literally own, at this point, like, I've owned four copies of Overwatch. <laughs> but, uh, Sandy, like, what do you think, like, does Tekken 7, does Tekken anymore, even the brand, have the cachet to have enough players to support being split across these two bases? Like, are you excited about Tekken? Is Arya excited about Tekken? I do know that the FGC as a whole, the fighting game community, is excited for Tekken. And one of the things is that Akuma from Street Fighter is going to be a playable character. So that kind of gets the, the hype up for that. In terms of being able to train consistently and kind of evolve as a player, you're going to have to invest in all three platforms. And for people who are just starting, it might be something that kind of turns them away from the game and turns them to pursue another game like Marvel versus Capcom, which is set to come out soon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just don't see how it survives against Marvel v Capcom. I think people are, wouldn't people be more excited about that? I mean, I guess I don't know enough about the fighting game community. Well, people are super excited for Marvel versus Capcom. Uh, this is like a, a huge game. Yeah. And the reason why the game is coming out is because Disney Infinity actually failed. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> out of the ashes. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. it's kind of really it's sad, but at the same time it's kind of like okay, we got something that the community has been wanting for a really long time. Yeah. Cuz that game is insane. Like I can't even fathom how people play it. It's just bananas. Too many yeah. colors, seizures. Um, but because Disney Infinity didn't because Disney was like we're going to stop self-publishing. It allowed other people who've made great games to come in and go, hey, remember us? We've got these great games, too. So that expands the esports scene for fighting games. And it also gives people another game to play. So fair enough. I guess uh, the other one should pick up. The fighting game community is a pizza with endless slices. If only all games could be like that. What's, what's funny, because I, I can't stop thinking about another game that we talked about. And I remember last year we talked about cross-platform and when it could be available, right, Ryan? I remember yeah. we, we, we talked about this. And the first uh, game that I come in mind is Rocket League. Um, that's the only other game that I oh, so good. that is cross-platform between PS4 and PC. And now that you think about it, I don't. So is it like, is Rocket League available on Xbox, I guess? Do you remember? Yeah, yeah, it is. It- is it? And so it's doing cross-platform with three of them, or just I guess it's yep. only doing PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. I believe. So PS4 I think they can turned play it with Xbox people. I think they turned. No, it no. Off. They, each of like... them can play with PC people, but PlayStation exactly. and Xbox can't play right, with each other. They can't other. play with each other. Yeah. Right. That's but the problem. developer said that they were interested in doing that, but and Microsoft said they might be interested yeah. in doing that, but PlayStation is kind of uh-uh. Yeah. Yeah, oh. but this is. But this is weird because they, on this article that you that you sent us about Tekken not, not supporting crossplay, uh, the only reason that they give is that they say with the, the security policy, P2P, peer-to-peer, uh, cannot be used between three platforms, cannot split PC version. Uh, don't ask me. So I guess uh, the, 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 the key, uh, the key uh, aspect here, the key maybe change that they would have to make is to have dedicated server instead of having it peer-to-peer. 
Um, yeah. But I yeah, think it's a cop out. I think it's yeah. it's something Ugh. that can be done because people they used to say like if you bought the a game on on the PS4 you'd be able to play with someone on the Xbox and that was like really enticing and really cool and I think in the long run I think Street Fighter Five uh, is going to be the dominant game and I think anything that's on the PS4 will be the dominant game and it's because PlayStation has done a good job of kind of supporting the community the community has gravitated towards ps4 and on top of that you've got all these peripherals and fighting sticks and they work on the ps4 they're made for that street fighter was at their first so if tekken 7 can kind of mimic what street fighters is doing then i think it'll be it'll be something that that's worthwhile that's awesome that's awesome all right well Oops, sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying that PS4 will be the winner <laughs> at the end of this. All right. Cool. So uh, the next piece of news is nice and short and sweet and 14 years in the making. That's right, guys. Voodoo Vince is coming back. Now, neither you know who Voodoo Vince is, do you? I do not. Oh, my God. I, I All right. That sounds familiar. Okay, I'm going to say that sounds familiar to me. Okay, Voodoo Vince uh, came out in 2003 for the original Xbox, and you played as this sort of, uh, well, you played as a voodoo doll, and there was a little bit of <laughs> questionable cultural figures in the game, uh, which um, I'll be interesting to see after the, the flack that Horizon got, how people react to some of the voice acting and characters in this game, but... Uh, on April 18th, they announced the release date for Voodoo Vince Remastered. Uh, 14 years later, April 18th, we're going to get Voodoo Vince Remastered. Now, the biggest thing about Voodoo Vince Remastered to me that I'm excited for, I've had it in my iTunes library now for maybe as many years <laughs> as I haven't been able to play the game. Uh, the soundtrack is absolutely exquisite. To this game it is this sort of like gypsy jazz new orleans kind of you know instead of saying it why don't gypsy i just jazz. yeah i'll play, yeah gypsy jazz it's real uh let's play a little uh of that music here I love Voodoo Vince. I love it. It's basically a character platformer. I think you guys will like it. What do you, are you guys, have you heard anything about this? Are you excited? Are you not excited? Tell me. I watched the trailer and it looks really cute. And it's kind of, it looks like the game that I'm into. Kind of like really fun. Oh, I think you love it. Yeah. And the music is actually it. I guess it would be Gypsy Jazz. Yannick, I don't <laughs> think this is your kind of game at all. No, I mean, don't. <laughs> do you, I think you're wrong because I've been really? uh, excited this week, last week, 
And uh, I think that's how they're going to do it. That That's how the platform genre is going to survive. It's going to bring back the old, the good old platformers, simple gameplay, uh, efficient gameplay um, into yeah. 1080p resolutions and 60 FPS refresh rate. Um, I think that's how they're going to do it because they announced doing that for PS4 and Crash Bandicoot. Uh, they're going to do a remastered version of Crash Bandicoot. I think we missed that in our one of our in in in, in our show, but uh, it was probably two weeks ago. And I'm excited about that too. And you know, you're excited about Buddha Vince. I'm I'm going to pick up Crash Bandicoot, and I think Crash Bandicoot is going to be the whole series. So you're going to have the whole all the Crash Bandicoot available. And you know um, what? This is like uh, you hit such a really good point here. Um, to sort of wrap this story up, I just want to say that like both the Crash Bandicoot thing and the Voodoo Vince thing are important for this reason. Video games age. Video games get old and they get out of mm-hmm. date. And mm-hmm. unlike a lot of things like film or music, they become in in a, either by lack of having the platform or just some of the mechanics or some of the visuals, they become unplayable, right? Or some mm-hmm. of the controls. Mm-hmm. So this. Crash coming back and Voodoo Vince coming back are important for video game preservation. And we need to start thinking about stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And and, and if I had to make a choice, I'd rather have a remastered version than backwards compatibility. Of course, it adds more work. uh, It adds more work from developers out there. Uh, But I'm okay if we can create jobs. And I'm okay to give my money to to a new game rather than having something simply just becoming backwards compatible kind of not really living up to his standards and and that's a good it's a good uh it's a good little winky face at the at franchises like this that has uh gave us gave us some so many good memories talking about memories is that it makes it super nostalgic for people like us and like people like us are having kids so it's it's kind of these are the games that inspired our generation and they're super crash bandicoot super memorable uh, everyone was like super excited about it link and Zelda, super memorable characters, and so memorable that your brother, Curtis, who two episodes ago did not want anything to do with the Nintendo Switch, <laughs> went out and bought a Nintendo Switch. Like, I wake up on Sunday, and the first the first text message I see after, yeah. like, being, like, super groggy with, like, like, crap still in my eye is, damn it, I bought a Switch. And I laughed so hard. <laughs> he got hyped. He actually yeah. stayed out in the cold to get it at Toys R Us. But Four hours. I anyway, hours. I'll, I'll wrap up by saying April 18th, 2017, pick up Voodoo Vans, get Crash Bandicoot when it comes out too. Yeah. Trust us. All right. Talking about, talking about uh, big franchises and, and, and things that have been um, out and have been uh, giving us so many good memories in the past. Um, let's talk a little bit about Ghost Recon Wildlands. Not too much, though. Um, it's your. I'm asking you the question, you guys. Do you think it's the basic Ubisoft experience all over again? Um, in my opinion, I have uh, not played the game. I have not done the beta. Apparently, they all they had six million pl- players on the beta, uh, and Ubisoft seems to just be the the high creator game. Yeah editor but not just actually making games that people will remember for a long time anymore uh and they're surfing out those franchises that everybody is still excited about the name sells ghost recon i've had so many good times with it it was so good back in the days on my original xbox uh with a few of the expansions and even the original one um i've had so many good times but i just not it's just not providing anything new to me and um, and whenever someone talks to me about this game, they're just saying it's the new division. 
except with cars and and outdoors and and jungle and Bolivia and cocaine. So better. No. <laughs> Anything you know? plus cocaine is better, right? That's a, that's the rule. I'm basically worried about. I'm, I'm basically. I'm just, and I let you guys answer. I'm just worried about Ubisoft because also this uh, um, game has been developed by the studio in Paris, Ubisoft Paris, and uh, so my home country out there. You know, I mm-hmm. I paid a close attention. I asked some of my buddies on PS4 uh, what the game was about, and uh, and just like For Honor, just like The Division, just like other games, it's just doing the same recipe all over again. Big marketing push big beta um, availability and everybody's playing it um, creates the hype. And then boom, two weeks after that, we won't even talk about it anymore. Right. That's a, that's a good question. Yeah. That's why I wasn't excited about it at all. Like I remember a year ago, you guys being like super hyped for the division. Like you have to get it. You have to get it. And I was like, eh, I'll get, you know, plants versus zombies instead. Cause you know, garden warfare. <laughs> Okay, you were right, Sandy. You were right. Okay. I, I still have nightmares about the division. I hit level thirty. Is nobody is here? Nobody. nobody. <laughs> and that's the other thing. Like, if I want to play a first-person shooter that's like militaristic in style and kind of semi-real, I'll pick up a Call of Duty. Right. No. No. Definitely. And and Call of Duty still has as much as we we also talk negatively on this show. Um, Kind of like Call of Duty manages to advertise the change that it provides. And I think you know where the twist is here is that it's a different studio every year that developed the the, the, the next Call of Duty franchise. Mm-hmm. And here I think there's just um there's just an internal problem at Ubisoft where I don't know, we're not really looking for risk out there. I mean For Honor was a great risk. I give it I give them that. A little bit. It doesn't seem like it's me, doing but... particularly well in the market. Yeah, and you know, yeah, that's the thing is that. But they... poor For Honor came out during a bad month. And For Honor came true. out, <laughs> and maybe Ghost Recon is is on a bad month. Look at what it has to compete against. Yeah, I mean, of course. Zelda and 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 Horizon once again. Nobody really has time, you know. It's like, have you tried Ghost Recon? I was like, well, I'm on Zelda right now. That's that's what I hear a lot. So, well, and, and, and me, you're I'm pointing, like, you're getting to something here that I think yeah. you're goes back to your original question is this like the generic ubisoft experience all over yeah. again yeah. and the one thing i can say about both horizon zero dawn and i haven't played too much of that maybe like six hours or four hours or something like that and i've played probably now a dozen hours of zelda ish somewhere in there is both of these games are both horizon and zelda are open world they're both distinct from each other and they they both feel more exciting and engaging than any of Ubisoft's open worlds. It's almost like Ubisoft came along with their, their the Far Cry 3 format and the Assassin's Creed format and kind of introduced open world to a new generation of consoles and a new generation of players. And now you have people like Guerrilla Games making a PlayStation exclusive that I think has a better open world. I think The Witcher was a better open world. I think Zelda is a better open world. So... Like, now that the competition has been raised, we have to respond to that as opposed to, you know, just making another Ubisoft game is just not good enough anymore. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Totally. So Ubisoft, keep it up, but try harder. No, don't keep it up. Just do something different. Like, have a brand new IP. Like, do something old and exciting. Like, the one thing is, with Guerrilla Games, like, Killzone was kind of 
I guess people didn't really. Killzone was kind of like middle of the road kind of game. Uh, but like Horizon Zero Dawn is really like sealing the show right now. That's what Ubisoft needs. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, Dark, definitely. Just do it. And uh, I forgot the name of this game. Uh, uh, oh my god. I'm Although, of course, we asked them to release new IP. They released For Honor, and it comes out during, you know, Horizon and Zelda month. So does it does it get lost? I hope they've learned from, like, what Rainbow Six did, which is stick with some of these games. And if they don't catch right away, they'll eventually find their player base. And yeah. hopefully For Honor will do that same thing. Such is life. You... Such is life. One game dies, and another game takes its place, and I... We just want melee players to understand. Just let it go. Let go of Smash Brothers melee. Let it go. <laughs> let it go. Let, let it, it go. go. I didn't let, even let like it. melee that much anyway. <gasps> Ooh, I just made Ooh. it. I just made Ooh. it bad. I think uh, melee's bad. I think the new one's better. Oh. It's so true though, and that like that brings me to like my next story is that sometimes games just need to go away because they need to make space for newer games, especially in the the uh, in the esports scene. But yeah. I want to talk esports in the United States, and there's an arena that just opened up in Vegas. Guys, guess the name. Um. <laughs> The American Industrial Complex. The Donald Trump Conference called... Center. You guys were super close. <laughs> super I don't think we fun. were. I feel like we weren't. You weren't. It's called the arena where all the letters are lowercase except for the E and the A in the and arena. I'm going to stab myself in the eyeballs. <laughs> And then the ear holes. So I don't have to see or hear that name ever again. The name is so silly. I mean, there is an esports arena in Santa Ana, California called Esports Arena, which is kind of plain, easy, and simple. And the one thing that's really interesting is that all these little venues are popping up on the West Coast, uh, which is great. But my concern here, and this is something that Ryan brought up, was having a big, prominent arena open in Vegas could be problematic, especially since on previous episodes we've talked about uh, gambling and video games. And is this kind of the path that we want video games to go into? But I don't think Vegas was the spot for that, for the arena well, why not? Like, why not? What do you? Yeah, do? I think I think like California makes sense uh, because that's where the fighting game community here? is. Yeah. That's where the video games developers are, and it's really easy for people to go to Santa Ana and kind of host these tournaments. Uh, but like Vegas is kind of Vegas is kind of a tainted city. You go there for a weekend, and you're in and out. It's not really an environment where you're going to grow competition. In yeah. the 90s, New York City was kind of essential for the fighting game community and for that scene. When there were arcades all over New York City, you would see people playing all the time. It's like, here's my quarter. I'm going to play next. And it kind of, it was this healthy competition and it was this growing of a community that was very natural. I feel like Vegas can maybe make it into something grimy. Uh, Sandy, do you think that this is like... 
opening the door. I, I'm sure it happens already, but like, is this like Vegas needs their team in order to feel good about betting on this thing? You know, is that what it's all about here? I don't even think it's like Vegas ne- needs like their own team. I th- I think they just want something else to bet on, and then this is kind of the new the new sport. It was boxing. It was kind of like people just going into a venue, seeing a match, and like placing their bets. And I think this is kind of take over is going to take over for something that's like losing viewership. Boxing, pound that man meat, and now pound that <laughs> virtual meat. I want to see. I want to see uh, boxing. I've never seen in the U.S. Probably the only sport I've ne- I haven't gone and seen live. But you haven't seen live. Oh man, they really they really punch oh, each yeah. other very very hard. Yeah, in the face too. And, <laughs> right uh, in the face. <laughs> in fact, um, I'll be sure on that. But I I respect. I, I I agree with your opinion on the fact that Vegas might not give it the proper. How can I say that? Just the proper. Um, like taste to it it would just be like oh this yeah. arena go to it take the plane and leave after that uh, instead of being in the center of a uh, in, in the center of neighborhoods where you know that meetups are organized when you know that community are 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 massively present so i already know in in new york that the barclay center gets filled up for counter-strike competitions every year and uh, that would be a, a great place to put in a, a dedicated arena. That being said, I'm really excited to see the first event that is going to be dropped over there, just because I think the production will get just better by having a dedicated place. I think that a lot of times the production is limited by the space and what it provides. And I think that just having the dedicated, I hope, I actually hope that the architect, so whoever designed this arena, made it thinking about the esports, how an esports scene but like physical scene, physical stage, I should say, uh, is set up. And I hope that, it, you know, it, I, I'm thinking in my head of moving platforms and then, you know, but like a really good showcase when the the players are, are getting into the arena. Yes, and, good uh, network infrastructure. Good network God's infrastructure. Sake. Just like, I, I hope we get to the next level. And if that really proves um, to be a better experience for both the players the esports uh, competitors and the audience. I'm all for those dedicated arenas. I mean, we could play soccer on a baseball field, um, but it's definitely better on its own stadium. Wink at you, NYCFC. <laughs> it's just like soccer on a baseball field is just not good. Um, and I'm taking that example because, yeah, I've been there. It's just bad. So use a soccer field for and a soccer stadium for soccer, and same for baseball, same for football. Um, so I'm excited for that aspect, but I agree Vegas might not might be a little bit too like crimsy. I don't know. Like I understand Vegas land property can be like really cheap, which is fine. Uh, but my whole concern is how do you grow and continue to grow a community, especially when it's so young? And when we talk about um, the recent event at Cadavici, it was a, there were a bunch of articles talking about. Um, is esports uh, gender friendly? Uh, esports is growing. What are they doing right? What are they doing wrong? I'll answer you. And... No. <laughs> well, like the thing is, is it not gender friendly because people aren't making it that way, or is it not gender friendly because it just hasn't caught up with the times? 
Mm -hmm. So personally for me, like growing up, I didn't grow up playing video games all that Mm -hmm. much. There were games I touched and I played, but it's not something that I did continuously. But younger generations of women and people who identify as women have that opportunity where they can just play games and it doesn't really matter. As long as you're good at the game, it doesn't matter what your gender is. If you qualify and you're good, there's a skill cap. What you look like doesn't matter. There aren't any rules about gender. Mm -hmm. We're just not there yet. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. true, but I mean, there's definitely sort of social dynamics at play as in terms of what people allow, what people, who people are warm to, who people are not warm to, that sort of thing that I think probably has an impact on women. Right, which is why I think like having an esports arena or having something this significant in the East Coast would be beneficial because it's kind of you see that rivalry and it doesn't matter. Like, I will throw down with whoever and I know I suck. But it's okay because I'm going to trash talk and just get better at the game as I continue playing. And I think Vegas isn't the place to kind of like foster that environment. Yannick, we got that keyboard button. I know. He's like so excited about the next thing. <laughs> wait, uh, like, wait, hold on, hold on. All right, let's take a break. And when we come back, more news. have got something you guys need to know about. All right, all right, all right. So, I mean, I'm 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 not starving for new shit right now. <laughs> I'm, kind of, I'm good. I You're have a little a burnt. My schedule, my entertainment schedule is filled up, but all right, feed me up. It's true. Uh here's a game that Helen won't let you play. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> What is, no. is it? Is it rated R? Is it it's rated, rated R. R it? For it's not a baby game. It's not a stupid baby game. Uh, it is sh- <laughs> the sequel to Middle Earth: Shadows of Mordor. Is Middle Earth: Shadow of War? If you guys have not seen this yet, there is a fifteen-minute-long presentation they debuted that explains everything about the game. It explains all the new systems. It explains the very, very uh, stunning graphics. Which, by the way, uh, for uh, people who are excited about Scorpio, this is the first game that has attached to it. Definitively, it will be on Project Scorpio, um, so we can expect some sort of very high-end, enhanced edition of this game. And of course, like uh, Microsoft's been doing with a lot of things, they, they seem to be talking about it like it's an exclusive. I don't know if it's an exclusive or not, but it's coming to Xbox One, Project Scorpio, and it's cross-platform. So if you, it's the Play Anywhere stuff. So. If you have a save file, it goes to Windows and back to Microsoft and all that stuff. Here's my thing about it. Did you guys play Shadow of Mordor? I watched Arya play it. <laughs> I did not. 
I did not. Nope. So no. To, well, the shame on you. No, I know, this it's is a, so good. Such a good game. I mean, I think Giant Bomb either made it or was deliberating and making it their game of the year two years ago. And uh, this was before Doom. And I, I guess my question is, can the Shadows of War correct the problems of the first game? The first game sort of had these defined sections of world, but it wasn't quite an open world. It had pretty, I mean, I've seen some PS4 Pro screenshots, and that seems to look better, but it had a pretty lousy PC port. And... On Xbox One and PlayStation 4, the initial version did not really look good. Like, honestly, I think it looked bad. <laughs> it felt like I was running around on Pooh Island and everything was made of poo. <laughs> <laughs> it was just kind of like flat brown. And I get it that you're supposed to be in this, like, horrible, beat-up land. But I just, I'm hoping that this game can both have and it seems like from the videos maybe that's the promise here diverse environments like exciting environments really good graphics boy oh boy are the graphics on that very good looking and you know something to something to make the game feel not i don't want to say larger but it seems like they have defined sections of mordor that you can sort of travel to and i don't i don't know if that's going to feel better or even more limited than last time. Mm -hmm. So I have a question. So I've never played this game before. Yeah. Uh, I've really, I don't know how, but I just barely knew what people were excited about when they were saying that Shadow of War was uh, um, about to to be announced and, and and teased. And what, in a few words, tell me what's what should I expect from this game, or should I just stay in my corner and say this is just going to be another Witcher three? Um, no, what is, so what is the yeah. appeal? This is Lord of the Rings. God damn it, <laughs> that's Abby. what makes it right. different. Okay, so I'm no, never no, really no, 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 no. Focused that's not the on the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, but but yeah, yeah. So, um, hold on one second. I'll edit that out. Just writing <laughs> down timestamps. Sorry. So the big thing about Shadow of Mordor that is obviously being carried through and enhanced upon in this game is the nemesis system. So it doesn't feel like it actually does not feel like the Witcher. It feels more like, I guess, Assassin's Creed with really, really a super mobile protagonist. Okay. So you're, you have all sorts of really crazy, awesome magic powers, but the, the beauty of it is called the nemesis system, which means that like you'll encounter an orc and you'll fight him, and maybe you'll, like, cut off his arm. Mm -hmm. Well, later in the game, he will defeat somebody else in, like, the orc ranks and be promoted. And then you'll be on a mission where you'll encounter a sort of beefed-up, leveled-up version of that orc who says, like, I remember you. You cut off my arm. And he's got, oh, like, a new, sick. like, mechanical arm or something. And he's like, I'm going to crush you now. And so, like, they... The characters remember you. They remember sort of how mm. you maimed them. Well, and now you got me already at the 60% hype. From yes, like this was a game like nobody, everybody slept on the first one before it came out. My Only Curtis and I were like, this looks amazing. Like, And I absolutely can't wait for this game. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. So this is what they're doing this time around. 
Um, and I know I got to wrap up, but I'll just say this. They are adding in this time following systems. So now you're going to have orcs that sort of work for you and they're going to move up the ranks and level up and they'll betray you and they'll kill others. And so there's not only the nemesis system, but there's a following system that's mm-hmm. like compounding against it. And they actually fight for you and help you take down strongholds and stuff. So I'm hyped. But well, see you, Ubisoft. Are you listening? Okay. <laughs> Ubisoft, like, get on this. It's like why? Why can I cut an arm of someone in Gotham and they remember? Um, that's awesome. Like I, I love when you're in an open world and your your conversations, the way you answer affect affect the story and the ending eventually. And yeah. this is even more evolved. It's the combat. Every move in your combat affects the story. So yeah, it's let's amazing see, let's see that how like far that the... gets pushed. The beginning and ending, and actually the general story of the first game was kind of crap, but um, just on the merits of the mechanics of this video game, I, it's a must-buy for me. Day one, have to have it. <laughs> awesome. All right, wow, cool. question so is, what platform? Oh, get, get that Xbox Play anywhere, because you know I'm going to play it on Scorpio. Oh. You know I'm going to play on Scorpio. Well, Why am I saying it like that? I love the name of a console that has Project on it, and I'm just being—I'm <laughs> just being a, a PS4, uh, you know, sitting on my PS4 corner here. You mean Project and, PS4? And, and kind of like looking at you with the, <laughs> looking at you from above and be like, catch up? Can you catch up? I know, no kidding. <laughs> Uh, talking about PS4, um, actually, all my news this week are about PS4. I'm going to talk about the update that came out this week. Oh. Um, so the PS4 4.5 update, uh, what is it about, you're going to ask? Well, I had the chance to test it. Um, you were able to um, register to the beta program. And so you basically uh, fill up a form and they contact you and they're like, okay, you, you, can, you can try it out. And... Uh, it took me a week to figure out how to actually install it on my console. I thought it would be a pop-up, but it actually needed to go into the setting system and everything. Um, so I had the chance to try it out. Um, it has a couple things, and I'll, uh, I'll end with the biggest one. Uh, first of all, improved 2D images on PSVR. I don't own a PSVR. You'll let me know, uh, Ryan, when you download that thing. Yeah, uh, I got a but- pro too, bud. Yeah, but when you so when you got the you go to the PS4 home screen, sometimes like the resolution was like lower than normal uh, on the TV social screen. So it's like you you have the the, the resolution of the system screen displayed on your TV, um, and cool. it's significantly better uh, when you're out of VR mode. Uh, voice chat and remote remote do it again. Voice chat for remote play. Uh, so you know that remote play, uh, you can use re- the remote play app on Windows PC, Mac, or an Xperia device. And so you can use your PS4 from another uh, computer, uh, which is pretty awesome, as long as I think your console is in rest mode or something. Yeah. Um, and and they didn't have the possibility to do voice chat. And now they kind of added that toolbar at the bottom of the remote play app that pretty much lets you access. So you see the, you, the, the battery of your controller, you see the share button that you can click on, you oh, see nice. the PS button that you can click on and the option button. And you can also, you know, mute yourself and, and so on and so forth. So have you ever toolbar, used remote play? No, I never it's really good. The, yeah. My PS4 and my PC are right next to each other and I have a Mac, but it's a, <laughs> it's a Mac for, from work. So I'm not, I'm not. So like, remote would, like would have to be in quotes. <laughs> 
we'll wait for we'll wait for Destiny two to come out, and then uh, you'll see me play a Destiny at work. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. cool. Um, but but yeah, no, I'm I'm excited about that. Good change over here. Off console availability, we don't really care about that. Boost mode for PlayStation Four Pro only. Oh, so this one is big for you. Um, Just so for me. <laughs> I mean, for you Nobody out there, else. Yeah. for you out there, quote unquote, pro user. Oh, um, professionals. It, We're called professionals. It makes, yeah, it makes me feel like a like when you overclock your PC. It's just designed to provide better performance for legacy titles uh, that have not been patched. To so it's like anything. I would. I want to take example of Destiny that was developed when the PS4 Pro was not uh, announced. Yeah. And uh, you can just, you know, run that with a boost mode and you'll just have double sized GPU. And so you can you can provide a, a frame rate stability for games that are programmed to run at, at, at 30 yards or 60 yards. Um, so, so smart. I think it depends on it depends on the game. So moving on, we have a couple of updates of the PS4 app, but and it's funny they don't show it up into this. Um, I mean, they they, they they do show it, but. Um, th- those are the additional features, but the big one that I love is that you can plug in via USB an external storage, so an external hard drive, like any of those that you used to have in your computer and that you don't use, it's taking dust. You take this guy, you plug it into your PS4, the PS4 is going to format it for you, uh, so you're going to only be able to use this hard drive with you, with your PS4, and you're going to be able to store your games on it. So that's huge. In the past, you wouldn't be, be able to store your media, photo, videos, you know, anything that you want to share and you capture from the games. This time, you can store games on the on the USB, uh, hey. from on the USB, and 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 even play them from there. Uh, you know, I, you told all of us Xbox players to catch up, but we've been enjoying this feature since the console yeah, well, came out. You know, it's just a matter of we're playing cars, you're playing yours, we're playing ours. That's all fair. Uh, but it is so it's such a smooth experience. Um, and I was thinking about only thinking about the PS4 Pro to get more storage. And here's me with my regular PS4. My good old right here sitting next to me. I'm looking at her. She's looking at me. And uh, <laughs> and I just added uh, for pretty much for free because I had a few extra hard drive at home. I added cool. 400 gigabytes uh, giga, um, um, to my storage. So I put GTA 5 on it. That is 60 gigabyte because I don't play that much. So I just put it on there and, and I'll plug the USB um cable once i want to play gta again cool yeah so so worth it um really cool uh i love it um and i hope and and it just makes everything snappier every update that ps that playstation posts for their console just makes it a little bit snappier a little bit better good stuff on there yeah i think playstation has taken a very both conservative and pragmatic approach to updates they haven't done i mean obviously microsoft's been more like the latest update completely redid the UI in a lot of ways again. Um, and you see a little bit of is that. It making it snappier? Yeah, I know. It needs to be faster, that, right? That's the only thing <laughs> is that I when I bought my Halo 5 console and everything, I liked the UI, the approach, the flat design. But boy, if, I mean, I was like, you don't need to be that slow. Is there like a fast mode? Is there anything that just lets me skip the transitions and just have the things pop up to me? Yeah, they're doing a lot more of that type of stuff now. I think that there was some technology bundled into the Connect tech that just made the whole thing feel 
oh, like okay. move at a glacial pace, but whatever. Right. They seem to be moving past it and getting to maybe some PlayStation Four like snappiness or some some Switch like snappiness. I can't believe I'm complimenting Switch UI <laughs> speed, but yeah, it's pretty good. Hype. Sandy, hype, Sandy. I am the most excited for all these things. Updates, changes, life. Uh. <laughs> okay. Are you going to be philosophical every time I have news that, you know. I know. <laughs> you don't use. No, I'm trying to, like, do haikus for things. But I, I realize noticed. I don't really know what a haiku. I know what a haiku is. I just don't know <laughs> what how to compose a haiku. A haiku. <laughs> I know what it is. I can't compose it. Okay. I'm Sandy the gamer it. is a bad at haikus. Ooh, I didn't do a good one. Ooh, I just did a bad uh, one. I just did a bad one. It's hard. Yes, it is. It's hard, which makes me disappointed, which leads me to my final piece of news, which is also, oddly enough, kind of esports related, but not quite. Jeff, Jeff, whom I love, Overwatch Jeff, Jeff Kaplan. <laughs> Overwatch Jeff, okay. God amongst human. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Doesn't, isn't Yannick, men. don't you notice that Sandy right now is talking like she's like at the Oscars and they've told her to stall? <laughs> they've yeah. told her to like dress. She's like, Jeff, J, E, F, F, two Fs. There's make two Fs in his name. In the bathroom. Just make it longer. I'll spell it out. <laughs> John Travolta's mispronouncing. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> so we were kind of promised Overwatch League and that's something that's coming soon. 2017. Uh, we're hoping really soon but he wrote an entire post on the blizzard forums expressing his disappointment on people who were farming experience yes. or they were farming experience on the custom games and they were just, yes, yes, just yes. idle and just like racking up experience getting loot boxes that way which is kind of hey guys it's cheating not nice not cool yeah and the one thing he's like, we wanted to give our community the benefit of the doubt. We wanted to give gamers the benefit of the doubt. We knew people were going to use this. We knew there Big would be mistake. some people. <laughs> we knew some people were going to abuse it. We just didn't realize the extent. And then he's like, we had contingency plans. If you guys keep this up, we're going to take experience away from custom games. I think I think I have an, an easy option for this. Uh, if that's what you're asking us, if, if uh, Sandy, are you asking me uh, to give advice to Jeff Kaplan? He <laughs> doesn't want your advice. He's got contingency plans. <laughs> oh, I, I, th I think there's an easy way to tackle it here. Somehow, um, have your loot table of the loot boxes uh, change drastically when you are getting it from farming the whole level, the the, the whole leveling system from custom game. Just make it drop like some tags or some duplicates or whatever. Um, make it. Uh, I know that on Destiny they have since they implemented private, um, private uh, custom games, private matches. Um, they've basically just still given people loot when they finish the custom games, but the loots are not. The loots are not as standing. I mean, you can do you you'll do you'll have a lot of RNG, but I think the loot table is slightly different when you do custom games or private games compared to when you do regular matchmaking or or other regular activities. 
um, I might be wrong on that, but, but I'm pretty sure you, it's not, it's not an easy, it's not the most efficient way to farm it. So just make the private match loot boxes or whatever experience gain a little bit less relevant, a little bit less, uh, um, you know, unequal or a little bit, you know, a little bit weaker. And, and I think people will just give up on this idea of farming uh, the, the custom games experience. What do you think? I mean, to me, farming is always the result, of, both in Destiny and in Overwatch. Any time you have people, quote, farming in a game, it is a weird acceptance of a stingy economy, right? Like, it is a little too stingy getting a loot box, in overwatch and then when you do get a loot box the percentage chance of you getting something unique especially after i mean i'm not even level 100 yet i'm like level i don't 60 or something and now like it's basically all grays and blues for me and they're all duplicates at this point and i guess that can be freshened up by adding new characters to the game like they're trying to do but not successfully necessarily (laughs) um and it's just basically saying, hey, here's if there's if a player, they're called gamers, right? If they find a way to, quote, game the system, they're going to do it, number one. And number two, if you're stingy about something and they find any way to make it faster and they're willing to do a boring, repetitive thing for it, that the should be is, sending a signal to, to anything. you. No, that's, that, you re- would have the custom server and just be totally idle so you can let this thing run all day and just rack up the experience points and i mean i think that they should do the same thing in a custom game as they do in multiplayer right which is like if you're idle and you're not even like doing anything just kick you from the game like right which is some that's what they put in it's like if you're away from your keyboard if you're afk then we're gonna kick you out but the thing is like they didn't want to put these restrictions on because it's like, who knows what goofy things we could do. The other day, Yannick and I were playing hide-and-go-seek as the same characters. And it's like being totally ridiculous in on the map Oasis. And that, that gave I'm you experience. Were you guys playing Reinhardt? She never <laughs> found me, by the way. She never. <laughs> yeah, I, did. I didn't find him. He was Farah. He was times. on top of it. No, I was, I was, uh, we were playing a Sombra game, but... but it's like I was giving some some sound clues at some point. Um, he she was. Never found me. She never found me. She's still looking. She's still looking. She's still on the map, by the way. She's still out there. <laughs> she's still out there, like the Titanic drifting in the night. Yeah, <laughs> just like that. Uh, the thing is, like, you can't do the same thing with other Blizzard games. You can't just leave the game idle in Hearthstone and just get the experience that you need to get the gold to buy card packs. Like, you can't do that. And they're like, we don't want to impose these crazy rules because the community can be incredibly creative. Like some custom game could possibly result in a new game mode for arcade. Who knows? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they don't want to impose restrictions on the game to kind of deter people from being creative. But here we go. We've got a whole ton of people just abusing the system. And he's like, we knew this was going to happen. We just didn't realize it was going to be this extreme. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's, it's, and if you it's, say you're farming on a custom game, your account is going to be banned. Boom. It's a it's a tough one, but yeah, Jeff Kaplan has a point. But I like the approach of just not assuming uh, that they're 
user base is going to be having bad behavior. I like the the try. You know, they tried yeah. to think, they tried to believe, they believed in people. They're like, we have this. We kind of know implicitly. I'm looking at you and, you know, I'm looking at you in the eye, um, player on Overwatch here, over here, trying to think there is an exploit here. Uh, but it's true. Today on my YouTube feed, I saw someone be like cheating, and we we're like, "What? What was it? I forgot. It was a stupid clickbait name. I didn't click. Um, respectable YouTube channel, but on this one, five weird tricks. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't appreciate the the. Uh, no, yeah, it was like a cheating for loot boxes. I was like cheating for loot boxes. Overwatch. Um, I forgot the name of the YouTube channel. Whatever. I was like, all right, I'm moving on. I'm not watching this. Um, so I do have the, the the game in itself, and their initiative makes me want to be a good player in Overwatch. Because um, on other games, I would have looked at how to you know how to cheat, how to get more stuff. Um, but on this one, I just want to play it fair and and be nice to people that I play with. Uh, so I hear Jeff, and and I appreciate the I appreciate the effort trying and trying to try to think good of people. But I guess some some might think otherwise. It makes me a little bit sad because it's like going to a cat cafe and hoping the cats come up to you and let you at them. <laughs> they never do that. I'm not hearing this cat cafe stuff. You know, Jeff Kaplan probably <laughs> Jeff Kaplan probably went to a cat cafe and was like, "Listen, that's the same story than the custom games, you guys. We can't trust the cats. We can't trust them. That's, can't trust that's them. what it is. No, they'll not come to you. Okay? You can't can't nope. trust the cats. Nope. Hey guys. Nope. Yes, sir. How do you think the Switch sold? Oh, I think it did spectacularly. Spectacularly. <laughs> you know what? My... Even Curtis bought one. Huh, yeah, well, so that's true because I was like two days before and I was seeing people getting their pre-orders, uh, looking at their shipping info and everything, tracking and all that every hour where the in what truck the Nintendo Switch might be. Um, but when I saw uh, even people that didn't pre-order it, like Curtis, buy it, and uh, I was like, "Ooh, they might they might be able to kill it." Um, but I haven't spoiled it for myself, so let me now feed me. Well, what if I told you, President of Nintendo America and Sandy's personal boyfriend that she would leave Aria for, <laughs> Reggie Fisa May? <laughs> He's also the winter storm that's about to hit the Northeast. Fisa May. No, Reggie. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, that's a specific, specific storm. Um, Reggie fils told, uh, uh, according to Polygon, Reggie fils told Nick Wingfield, a New York Times reporter, and uh, they were also quoting Twitter. I don't know who to attribute to this, but let's, let's attribute Polygon and Nick Wingfield uh, and Reggie. <laughs> and he said, <laughs> A, that the Nintendo Switch console... Is the set of the launch record for selling more than any Nintendo system in the Americas in history? Mm, okay. And then, secondly, I want to point this out Nintendo is walking around with a little bit of a big, you know what, syndrome. <laughs> that they are selling so many units. And sure, when you look at how many units, uh, apparently, according to Famitsu, they sold, apparently, in Japan, around 330,000 or so units. And the Wii, which is the best-selling console of all time. Anybody? Anybody? Know how many millions of units the Wii sold? 101. Well, I'm... Oh, yeah. There it is. <laughs> I thought it was, I had the same number than you. I thought you were talking it was about huge. it. Was a, it was a number that maybe PlayStation 4 can come close to, but PlayStation 2 didn't. Yeah. Um, and PlayStation 2, I think, is the second greatest selling console of all time. 
We had 101 million units and 371,000 at launch. Wii U is the the crux here. So they're saying we had 330,000. The Wii, the best-selling console of all time, had 370. So this the Switch, by by kind of suggestion, right, the internet got into a tizzy of like, the Switch is selling amazing. The truth is that saying, oh, the Switch is basically on par with the Wii is only true for now, right? Like mm-hmm. the Wii right. U sell, sold 308,000 in Japan. So basically Nintendo is good for about 300,000 or so, 300 to 400,000 units in Japan at launch, right? The Wii went on to sell 101 million. The Wii U went on to sell 13 million. So when you read a headline that says, Nintendo Switch, greatest selling console, just remember... It's off to a slightly better start than the console that was an abysmal failure. For now. <laughs> and a slightly worse to start than the greatest console of all time. In other words, all of these numbers are bullshit and you shouldn't pay attention to any of them. Talk to Nintendo in two years. If they can figure out how to put an online system together, maybe they can convince us to keep paying for their systems. I do think, though, with the I think Splatoon will boost those numbers up again. And I think I don't Mario think will. will boost you those numbers so? up. I think Mario totally will. But you think Splatoon is going to sell units? I think I think it will. Who is going to? This is I an interesting know, conversation. Who is going to buy a Switch for Splatoon and not Zelda? Me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, yeah, I think you've mentioned Splatoon a couple times, and Splatoon will give that genre that in the lineup, the it will fill up a gap. I think uh, that's why I, guess, I think yeah. you're mentioning Splatoon too. But uh, um, to piggyback on on what Sandy says, she's talking about games. I'll go the opposite way. I'll be like, I'm not sure about if I'm not sure if the the hype will uh, keep up with the lineup that has been announced uh, throughout. And the Mario year. Kart is gonna sell. Mario Kart will sell Switches. A a, a few, not as many. I don't think. Well, mm, I was gonna say not mm-hmm. as many as Zelda, but Mario tends to sell better than Zelda. So maybe Mario Kart mm-hmm. is going to I'm just worried about else. the hype, but I'm telling you guys if uh if uh I'm telling you right now if the the end of the year looking good on many games, I am I am I am I am picking up the Switch, but I'm picking up the Switch with with Zelda. Like the on day 1 the Switch come with Zelda and then I'll buy it because there is another game announced at the end of the year that makes me buy it. Um so 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 I think Zelda is is definitely is definitely driving right now the console the console uh, sales and I I've said it last week and I'll keep on saying it it's the Nintendo Switch year already. Uh, I think that so- that's the biggest thing for me in this whole thing, which is for the first time in years. Because by the way, good Zeldas have been coming out, you know, every couple of years for a little while now. For the right. first time in years. I hear people like you, Yannick, talking about Zelda. Yeah. You know, for the first time in years, Curtis is talking about Zelda and his hype for Zelda. It seems like generally right now the Switch is a Zelda console, and I think Nintendo's fine with that. Before I end the story, I just want to say I had this text message exchange with my brothers today, and I put three things that I think the Switch has to do 
in order to maintain sales momentum and become successful. Number one, that Mario game has to be as good or better than Mario 64, which is a seminal game. Yeah. That's very hard to do, but the Zelda did it with the Zelda series. Yeah. Number two, I think for America, at least, they have to bring back Metroid in either a 2.5D platformer that looks very good, a brand new first-person shooter that plays very good, or they need to reinvent that franchise in a way that is not Federation Force and shitty. E3, maybe? And then finally, the third thing that I think will sell more Switches than any of the stuff we've talked about is a full 3D Pokemon game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Pokemon Snap. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not. No, not as Pokemon Snap. I need to be very clear about this. If the next mainline entry of Pokemon is not on 3DS and it's only on the Switch, you are going to move a massive amount of Switches. Yeah, most definitely. I do think, kind of looking at how they lined up the games, at first I was like, you guys have nothing. I don't understand what you're doing. But now. It makes sense. Yeah, they better have like, something good to say at E3, though. They right? They better. Yep. I guess. I mean, maybe. I don't. I also don't think they're going to actually say anything. They'll be like, "Here's Link. Here's the expansion pass. Here's when the first one comes out. Here's when the second one comes out. Here's Splatoon." They're doing a pretty aggressive push with Splatoon two in esports, and if they can fix that matchmaking, then I think they'll be totally fine. And then you've got Mario Kart and you've got Mario at the end of the year. And I think that's going to push sales for the Switch. And I'm going to sound like a guy from that comes from PlayStation here again. But I think, uh, Sandy, to have multiplayer games give a good push, you need a solid online online yeah. uh, network. You, no need, kidding. you need that. I think you're going to break. We're talking about breaking sales. I'm not talking like the games are going to be fun. I'm excited to have them at work so that I can do that couch, um, couch co-op thing. But I think we'll need a will. I hope uh, that is a great, I that's haven't a great really point. been following documenting myself on that. But I hope the the online network sustain the the, the, the follows the hype and provides a solid uh, platform, provides a solid way to play online with your friends. You're um, 100% right. Like play. I know and Sandy I, I was think... like Splatoon is going to move units, but I don't think Splatoon moves units at all because they, they, their online infrastructure right now is a hip, hip, it's a whisper, it's a head. <laughs> so you want a friend code? Like, do you want a friend so... code, Yannick? Yeah. You can't even search for an online match. Is that going to be like something that you're going to play? No. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's how they're going to push the game. I think it's going to be. Local play, here's land play, here's something that the other systems aren't really offering you. And but I mean, I, Can they do local play on a screen that size? A six-inch split-screen game? Well, well, well the, Ryan... No, like, everyone like, has their own Switch, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah in their dreams. I know. That's why it's like, we have the Switch right now, and Ari's playing Zelda, and when he's done, then I'll start playing Zelda on the Switch. But when Splatoon comes out, I'm getting my own system mm-hmm. to play Splatoon 2 with mm-hmm. Arya. It's not like a, a split screen thing. I think people will have their own device to play with each other because it's not the same as a 3DS. You're not flipping open um, a game and then looking for local play. It's, it's meant to be a, a lot easier, or at least that's what I'm seeing. It should be a lot easier. And I think that's what's going to drive the sales up. 
Uh, right, but let's not give her. Let's not give her too much material for another. Sandy was right. Um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah? I think it's street pass all over again, and I'm gonna shut up now. Yannick, take us <laughs> home. <laughs> Last one, the best for the for the for the end. Well, we'll be the judge of that. I'm gonna talk about Destiny. What do <laughs> no! you think? What do you think? I'm gonna talk about this. Oh, of course, it's been too long. Okay, so Destiny. All right, so you guys, it's actually good. Is um, it? It's actually it's, it's something <laughs> good is happening. No, it's actually it's actually that good. Is, that's good the is entire happening. story of the video game Destiny. It's Destiny Yannick going. It's actually good. It's actually good. No, um, I'm not gonna really talk about the new content drop they're gonna bring up. I'm gonna say it in one phrase: They're bringing back old raids. You're gonna play them again. You kind of gonna remember the the good time, the good old times. So they're they're wrapping up the they're closing the chapter of Destiny called Destiny One. The game that came out in September 2014 with a couple of expansions and some broken stuff, some big stories, some drama. Uh, they're closing this chapter. They've already announced, without announcing Destiny 2, they've announced already that your character uh, will stay alive, pretty much. Will keep his haircut, his hair color, his eyebrows, beautiful eyebrows, beautiful smile, beautiful face, and race, class, everything. You will keep your characters, but they will lose all gear uh progression uh and everything when when the sequel comes out that was rumored for a long time ago um in their weekly blog post last week bungie has confirmed that this will happen and yesterday so we're recording on thursday yesterday was the first of three streams describing the new content um and 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 i'll i'll do a full breakdown in the beginning of april sometimes when we have the full information on what the new content will be about um but the biggest news here is that they are opening up the last like we are we're we're on the last page of this chapter um and it makes me feel good it makes me feel good about it i can't wait i'm not touching the game i haven't been touching the game in like two months uh but i have it in a small spot of my heart so i always pay attention to what those guys are up to and that's what pretty much the whole destiny community is about everybody plays something different everybody is, is enjoying itself nobody is a Nobody's denying, nobody's forgetting this game. Um, everybody's excited about what's coming up next. And uh, and I want to ask you guys, is it to, is it the way to end it for you guys? Is it the right way when you're like having a content update? When that somebody dies, you... you look at a bunch of old photos of them? Is that what this yeah, is? That, this is... That, that, it's going gonna, it's gonna to like, you know how with the leveling system, the old raids, the raids that you play when you were level 30, now you're level 40. Um you were kind of like it's kind of like in World of Warcraft, molten core uh, would be brought up to the level to level 110, and would be playable and give you rewarding loots and uh, reward you know and 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 reward and experience that are worth playing for. Uh, that's what they're gonna do with Destiny before probably E3 will be the big announcement. Um, and, and is it? Do you think it's a good way to do it, you guys? Mm, man. Uh... I I guess it, it it seems like I can't tell how genuine it feels if it feels like though Destiny's rehashing itself one more time to like remind us that's basically that was a lot of the ways that they got more content out of that game is to bring back old stuff it it almost mm-hmm. feels like a an unfriendly reminder of that legacy if that makes mm-hmm. any sense mm-hmm. but you know I I can't say my my instinct is 
yes. If I was going to like end World of Warcraft, I might like bring back every single dungeon that you could ever do and let people play it again. You know. Well, the thing is that, and that's cool that we talked about World of Warcraft um, to do the comparison. If World of Warcraft two tomorrow would be coming, and it would be like, well, everything you've done in World of Warcraft would pretty much mean nothing in World of Warcraft two. That's not really what you want to hear when you have worked so hard on your character. Yeah, and people would have, riot. Yeah, right. So, so Destiny is the same thing on a smaller scale. Um, Things and, would be I set on that. fire, like yeah. on the internet and in person. <laughs> well, <laughs> probably just Reddit. Just Reddit would go down, but still. Uh, but um, but it's. No, I it's... think people would like burn their alliance or like hoard <laughs> stuff. I think people would be like legitimately upset. To to Ryan's point, I don't think it's kind of weird to be like, hey, by the way. You get to do all that stuff you got to do at the very beginning because yeah. they're going to take it all away from you. So we're not going to give you anything new, sucker. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of so what it is, sounds like. Yeah. So there is, uh, I need to know what exactly, what part of content is really just like bringing back old raids going to be. And maybe bringing back old raids is just a just a small part. And then there's other stuff. I know there's going to be a, a record book, which is a book of achievements. achievements. And uh, apparently... Uh, that book is going to be really huge, and apparently there there are achievements that only a couple of people uh, can achieve. So, like one of them is um, I've completed a story during the Dark Below expansion that came out um, at the end of 2014. So only a, a small batch, like those early adopter players, are going to be are going to be um, somehow in game going to be noticed by an emblem or shader. So you're going to be able to own. Uh, respect you know you're going to be you're going to deserve the jumping into destiny 2 you're going to be recognized as one of the first ones you know what i mean and i think I, I for some of those achievements i won't be able to complete them one of them is probably i think i saw one of them will be uh played logged in on day one of of destiny or something like that you know what i mean um so those are those things are cool if you and apparently uh you're gonna get a t-shirt depending on how many achievements, how many pages of this book you complete, how many achievements you you, you, you complete. So oh. there's that whole, you know, it's kind of cool. I'll try to complete as much of the book and then move back to another game. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, but the idea of uh, having this relic in my possession, like this is what you did, and this is this T-shirt or this emblem, um, T-shirt in real life, I'm saying, you know, they're going to ship it to you. Yeah, but like Dota does that with like the compendium every year, right, right before Dota the international. Dota does it. Dota does it. Never mind. <laughs> it's Dota not a. It. It's not a T-shirt, but it's like <laughs> if you fill out the compendium and you get X amount of like hours in game and you you get all these things, which is equivalent to spending like about five hundred dollars, you get a replica Aegis mailed to you, and not a lot of people do it because not a lot of people you know spend five hundred dollars on a game. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm but excited to pay to get rewarded. And 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 I am I am conscious. So you teach me that Dota 2 is is the game that does pretty much something similar. Um, <clears throat> but I'm excited as a it's gonna be a, a unique gamer experience for me. Uh, I've never invested myself in a game where the game is telling me, "Hey, remember." Uh, so I'll see. I'll jump in with friends and like, oh my god, that's what you know. That was yeah. so good. I'll I'll see if with yeah. a game like this that I invested my, invested myself so much into. Uh, I'll see how it feels to come back and just remember. Maybe I'll even like drop a tear or something. Who knows? No, I mean like it. it I, we make fun of Destiny on the show all the time, and I think like. <laughs> 
this is a, a I don't time mind. where no, I, I know, know you but, hate me. <laughs> no, it's not that. I, I was gonna say this is a time where like you, I think you're the most qualified person I know to tell me if what they did at the end of this game actually feels good and right to you. So I'm I'm going to stay tuned to hear what you have to say when it is we'll all all over and mm-hmm. and you know the earth sheds a tear for destiny. <laughs> so all right, guys, just like that, we just did like that. another show. Wow. <laughs> we gone and done it, guys. We did it. So insightful. That was tight. That was tight. Let us know. I want us to tweet um at Pixelscast on Twitter and even in, give us a direct message on Instagram. That's also possible. Or join our Discord. <laughs> or or go to pixelsweekly.com slash ask and you can yeah. write in to us and give us an email. Exactly. So we are, you know, this is new. We're trying this and uh, we're happy to do this. And the first thing that we want to say is uh, the last thing that we want to say is that we're doing all this for you. So, yeah. you know, whatever you say to us is going to be the best reward. Uh, even if it's negative, as long as it's constructive, we'll take it and we'll make this show better uh, so that you keep on enjoying our, our beautiful voices. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. a year into the show and we're kind of taking a moment to pause, especially over the next few weeks when we're trying out these new formats and ideas and pacing. And we want to make the best show for you guys. So please, like Yannick said, reach out on all those channels. And we literally will be taking your feedback and shaping the show around what you guys, the listeners, want to hear. So please, please reach out. Let us know if you want to hear more about Splatoon from Sandy. <laughs> yeah. Should, I guess, do we still do the old spiel? Do I still say, you can get every episode for free at PixelsWeekly.com. You can follow us at PixelsCaster, at PixelsWeekly on Instagram. You totally can. You totally can. <laughs> None of those are lies. And um, I think until next time. Adios. Au revoir. And we'll see you next week. Bye.